Hello, and welcome to Female Creatives' third podcast. In today's podcast, we begin to discuss the differences between male and female approaches to creativity. Do women possess certain creative qualities that men do not, and vice versa? Mm. Um, this this question was from Libby, Libby wasn't Ann. it? Yeah. And um, because she asked one um, as well about creativity and um, has have you been creative your whole life or? Oh, she posted you know, that in the group. She was just uh, she was collecting answers, wasn't she? In, in yeah. The group. Um, and um, have your creative passions changed over the years? It's um, I went I went straight into looking up. Um, born are you born creative you know how 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 do you become creative um and if i think about when i was younger um if i ever did anything that you would call creative now it wasn't creative to me then i never really understood what it was just like had this thing in my head about how i wanted to challenge myself i could see people doing stuff that i wanted to do so i would have a go so um, one of the things that, um, that I just picked out of something, um, this, this masculine traits, masculine traits and feminine traits are, these, these are masculine traits, independent, independence and daring, and daringness, and the female traits were cooperativeness and sensitivity. I hate that. Ah, but some of the research that I've read actually suggests that those things are nurture, not nature. So they are things that we are trained to be. So you have a boy and you're more likely to allow your boy to run around and jump and play more dangerously than you are your girl because yeah. of how our society is geared and how we we view the female and the male so when we have a little girl we tend to put her in a nice pretty pink dress and then we tell her not to get dirty when yeah. we have a boy we put them in t-shirt and shorts and laugh at them when they fall in a muddy puddle and go ah boys well well exactly i mean it says here both men and women rated creativity higher when told that the architect was a man you understand that uh, the challenge is gender bias so insidious that it affects how we judge in, in ingenuity too and who brainwash women into believing men's ideas are better. Um, so, so basically what they're saying here is that women believe that men are more creative than women. It, it's, it's a gender bias that's bred into us from very early on. So, so I mean, what I'm saying is you're absolutely right. We learn to to take note of the things around us and the, the achievers, the people that do well and everything like that. And, um, you know, it, it, sh it shouldn't be like that. Like I, say, like I said, when I was younger, I didn't identify with, with, with creativity. It was my personality. That's what it was. And, and even to the point of I drew David Essex on my wall and my mum walked in and I thought she was going to kill me because I'd drawn on the wall. And she went, oh, Angela, that's amazing. How did you do that? You know, and that, that was a naughty thing to do, you know, and I was kind of covering it up thinking that she was going to kill me. Um, but even then I wasn't going to be an artist. I wasn't going to do anything with it. And even when I went to college, when I, when I was like into painting and drawing and stuff, it became a chore, so I didn't want to do it anymore. And then the, the music came very later, 
the music was just filling time, filling space. But I've always had that personality, I think, that, that people would say that's creativity. I've always, always had a bit of a thing about music. I mean, I still struggle with it now in, in the fact that I am naturally very musical, but I was forced to do it. But had mm. I not been forced to do it, then I wouldn't have the... I, I think I'd have got there anyway, but I wouldn't have the way that I see it and the way that I look at it because of yeah. the manner in which I was forced into it. And it, it's, it's quite a complex set of feelings for me. But when yeah. I look back at the things that I was sort of made to do as a child, I was being made into a more desirable wife. Mm. I had the piano lessons, I had the dance lessons, I, I was trained to be polite and nice. <laughs> that, that's quite anarchic, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, very. But that, You know, it, it's, you wouldn't it, get that nowadays, would you? Well, yeah, you do. You, the people still do it, and we, we've still got this going on in society. I mean, it's not as big. I think it shrinks every sort of generation we go. That mm -hmm. idea shrinks. I've not done it to my children. Yeah. I mean, you've met them. <laughs> I mean, I was I was that kid that used to kind of like walk past the music room, and there was um it was all closed off because we didn't have specific music lessons when I was at school. So there's this this room with this little hole, the little crack that you could see through, and you could see all the musical instruments. Mm. And I would just look, and I would go, Ah, look what the rich people can play. And that was kind of it, really. Never thought that I could ever go into that. Um, and we had um, we had some uh, a kind of course of music lessons where we did music singing, and we had an exam on it, and we had to sing this this hideous song, um, um, "Little Bird" or something. It really like nursery rhyme. It was "Little Bird, I have heard do 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 do," and we had to do that, and um, and yeah, I did really well on that on the singing test. And that was with Debbie Southworth looking through the window in the door, making faces and trying to make me laugh. <laughs> Taken very seriously, music when I was in school. <laughs> but yeah, but so what I'm trying to say is that I didn't really understand or associate with the word creativity till very late on. Um, I did, I did my um, my uh, BA in 2000, finished it, and went into teaching thinking I could use my creativity. Um, with children and, and, and bring these, these amazing music lessons, which, you know, to begin with, did happen. So, you know, that did happen, kind of trailed off towards the end. But, um, yeah, I'm always trying to find fun things for them to do in a creative way that wouldn't make them feel embarrassed if they couldn't do stuff, because that's always like, bothered me that, you know, a child has an instrument and they can't, they can't associate with it. It's like um, if they can't be technically aware of how to play this instrument, then just forget it. And that shouldn't be the way. Well, and that's where you come in because you do yeah. that with kids. I, yeah, I remember your face when I first told you about that. You were just like, waste of me. I was like, ooh. But the thing is, is we, we do. We have this idea that it is for an elite few. And I, mm. music, like uh, Les says to me regularly, music is our birthright. Yeah. And it is something like that, that yeah. is natural and innate in most people. There are people that it's not there in. Like, I mean, there are some people that it, it just doesn't click for. Some people genuinely don't like it. But 
on the whole, the majority of humankind have an innate love for music. So, mm. but we do have, we have this kind of, because um, something I've noticed is there's a girl-boy divide when it comes to music. So boys play guitar. Very mm. few girls ever kind of approach the idea of guitar. They want to sing or play piano. And there's this weird kind of, and flute, flute is always girls. I think I've yeah. only ever, in my whole time of teaching, uh, and I've been teaching flute in a school now for four or five years. Yeah, I can't remember for exactly boys, how long. Yeah. I've had two boy students in that whole time. And this is like, they, they cycle through year after year. I must have taught 60, 70 kids in that time in that one school. And only two of them have been boys. They don't pick mm. it up. And same with clarinet. I've never had a boy student on a clarinet, but brass instruments never had a girl student. Mm. They've all been boys. And it's like there's this weird idea that some instruments are female and some instruments are male. It's quite interesting. So, I mean, does it make you more creative if you decide on your instrument? I don't think it makes you more creative. I think it gives you more control over your sound, the sound that you want to hear. And I, I, mm. I mean, I think it's it's, it, it's, it, it's... it's basically... Sorry, I've, I've cut you off again. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. Um, no, but masculine qualities, agentic, that's one of the words. It means the sort of um, agency part of, um, I don't know, as people associate with the creative, they're not really understand, understanding that. But the masculine qualities, like boldness, risk-taking and independence, all lie in that instrument, don't they, really? Because you either sit there with it and you want to do it with, with, with this, this, this courage and this courageousness, do you know what I mean? To, to try and conquer it, or you give it up. Well, the way... And I think, I think men are, are more able to kind of sit in a room with a guitar and stay there for a long time. I think women are allowed to get kind of bored and, 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 and go off and do something else. You know that's not true, because otherwise the things that you do, you wouldn't do. You, you've, mm. you've just fallen yeah. into the script of gender bias that we've yeah. all been trained into. But if, if that was true, you wouldn't have done the things that you do. You wouldn't have achieved the things that you've achieved. You wouldn't be doing a doctorate right now. Yeah. That's but having said that, having said that, I, I haven't been, when it comes to instruments, I haven't been one of those people that will spend a lot of time practicing and getting involved with it. Um, you know, working out its technicalities and stuff like that. You know, how does this happen? How does this happen? Obviously, there's certain things that you have to learn because you're teaching and you have to inform the kids. But I kind of got bored with it. I kind of get bored with the, the, the kind of technicalities of it all and like this means this and this. This is augmented. Think, this is fragmented. This is, you know. I don't think know. any of that's needed to begin with. And I, I mean, I say this to people quite regularly, that if you don't want to understand music theory, that's no skin off my nose. It makes no mm. difference to me. All you need to do is understand what you're looking at. You don't need to understand the hundreds of years of history that have come before that. L leave that to the people that want to sit in dark, dusty rooms and study it. If you yeah. just want to play the latest pop song on the piano because you enjoy hearing that, great, yeah. let's do that. 
that's what I mean. That's what I'm trying to say to you. I don't want to be one of those, or I didn't want to be one of those people in the dark, dusty room. I was always out. I was always, you know, um, trying to find something to do. You know, as I got as I got older, as I got older, and you know, obviously, I wasn't pushed into any musical instrument or anything like that. I remember my mum and dad getting me a red guitar, and, and I didn't even know how to tune it, and I battered away at that, and. Um, Basically, they said, oh, that's really good, Angela. We'll get you um, a big guitar now. Um, I did, and I left it. It practically turned into an ornament in the corner of the room that I'd never play. And then if I'd get completely drunk, I would go over and go, bum, 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 bum. And everyone would like, go, ah! And I'd go, that's it. <laughs> that's it, that's all I've got. See, some, something I've, I've come to realise is that I play less than somebody who can't play. And this, I think, mm. is a little bit like we, we were talking about the other day, the more you know, the less you speak. And I think it comes into the, the, the music thing as well. So I had a, a student, or have a student, sorry, and he's always being kind of cajoled and say, come on, play with us, play for us, play for us, play us something. You've been learning now for X, Y, Z, and we, we want to hear you. And I, I actually pulled him up a while back because I was listening to him and, and he, he turned around to everyone and he said no I can't play and in his next lesson I sort of said right I'm not telling you off but I've got bone to pick with you because he's always on about mindset and being positive with yourself and all this kind of stuff so it's not that you can't play it's that you don't want to you're not confident enough to play something for them you don't feel like you're ready mm. you can play but you're not in a place where you want to share yet. And he was like, yep, yep, I'm hearing me in you. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. he says things like this to his clients. And it's like, well, yeah. if, if you're going to, you're going to encourage this kind of thinking, then you have to embody this kind of thinking. And he's, I mean, he's, he's a really gentle soul, really, really gentle soul. But it's that kind of sometimes you just need that outside force to say, look, you're saying this, you're trying to encourage other people to do it, and yet not doing it yourself. Yeah. And it's that, that belief, but we always, and we all do it, we default to, I can't. Yeah. Rather than I'm not ready. It ties in nicely with the challenge, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, yes, I do. But, um, but, but um, if, do you, want, do you want to explain about the challenge or? So I'll, I'll put it up on, on later. Oh, right, so, okay. To go back a little bit, um, actually, the word agentic that you just used, it's yeah. uh, an individual's power to control his or her own goals, actions and destiny. It stems from the word agency. Yeah, that's a, that's a masculine trait, apparently. Well, it would be, wouldn't it? Because we, we are... In our culture, we are uh, trained to be that way if we're male. Um, in another study, male managers who were rated as more creative than female managers was perceived as more deserving of rewards. Yeah, oh, that was um, a study I found. It was a, a, a woman had done the study on uh, men and women in the workplace and their the perception of their creativity and what she actually seemed to find was that men and women are equally creative it's just because the uh 
gender bias norm is we believe that men are more creative than women. So automatically, regardless of whether the, the two plans put on the table in front of you are exactly the same, you're more likely to think that the, the male plan, the, the one that's been done by a man, is more creative and therefore better. Mm. But that that's it's, just it's, it's quite crazy. It's crazy what things have been written about it, though, isn't it? Well, you know what I mean, and the work, the work, this work. Oh, then why is it important to look at gender bias regarding creativity? Is the question. Um, this work came out of a broader program examining social and psychological forces that may explain why women are not reaching high level positions. I mean, that's bullshit. Isn't it? The reason we're not reaching higher level positions is because we have to think about our life and um, procreating children. We are conditioned, especially within our society, again, we are conditioned mm. that the second we have children, we stop existing as a, as a human. We are now caregiver, we are now milkmaker, we are now bum changer, we are now get up in the mm. middle of the night and deal with the child. We lose our identity in being mum. We stop being Angela, we stop being Berry, we become mum. And that's mm. that's it. And this this is generally accepted by by our society. And then when they leave home, there's this woman who's no longer mum and she loses the plot. She doesn't know what to do with yeah. herself. And yeah. this is where we see this so often, this empty nest syndrome. And she just literally sits there and waits until the kid has grandkids and then suddenly she has purpose again but she has mm. she has no identity and i think it's it's a really toxic situation to be in and i mean i've been called selfish so many times for pursuing things that i want to do while yeah. the children are at home yeah. and it, it's it's i'm not selfish if i want to be a functioning human and somebody that can help my children once they get to adulthood then I need to start being an individual. I mm. need to start being somebody that is not just there as an extension of my children, but as somebody that is completely separate to my children. Otherwise, and we've also got we've also got to teach our children this as well because you know kids just don't get it. So a lot of kids just think when they have a kid now they can just pass them off to the mom. And go i'm going to do my dream can you just hang there because you're older than me and you've just had your life and that's over i've actually you know I mean? I've had this conversation recently with ollie because she was like oh, i'm gonna have a baby at 18 or something like that and i was like oh really how are you going to go to college and she said well you'll look after it <laughs> no i won't that's mm. not happening yeah. it's so cheeky isn't it it's like you give them all your life and then they turn around and they say that's you they, they want an extension of that yeah. they want you to give even more no. it's like god how much can i give for christ's sake i've given you life can't you just be grateful well no because we we had this conversation and she did she was there and she's like well you'll look after it I said, how are you expecting me to look after it one i work what's going to happen when i'm at work i can't take the baby with me and she was like well i can't take yeah. it to college well, so you're gonna to have to figure something out then aren't you because i won't be doing it yeah. and she kind of stood there and she was like oh and I we've and we've kind of um you know kind of not not taught them but kind of you know you all think that don't you you all think that as girls when you're growing up and you start your previous and you know you can make babies it's quite exciting you know that you like 
you know, you're doubling in sex, so that's quite good as well. And you think, oh, a baby, and you think of it in a way that you do with your baby alive that you had when you were seven and how you cared for that and put it back in its box. It is nothing like that. No. It is nothing like that, but there are kids today that, that actually believe it's like a doll. Yeah. They have education at school where they hold a little plastic doll, they take it home, it cries and everything like that, and they've got to bring it back. It is so, still a doll. It is still nothing like no, having a child. No, it's nothing like having a child. So, is it... so how do we stop them from living in this kind of fairyland world where, I, I where, think... where, where, where kids come into the world, they're, they're women, so their job is to find a partner and procreate children. Well, that only, is it. The only way we stop that is by changing the cultural narrative. Our mm. current, our current cultural. Well, we, well, we, we won't ever that. be able to change it, but we can, you know, we can. But we can. We you can. Know. I mean, it's not going to change overnight. But when, yeah. when you kind of think about it, I mean, as much as we like to think that the world has changed, Ollie has still gone to school, uh, and is still hearing that you leave school, you go to college, you meet somebody, maybe you go to uni, you get married, you have some children. That's it. Mm. The, the, there's no, there's no kind of like you have your children, you start your career, you build a business. You there's none mm. of that. It stops that you have children. It's it's quite it's quite unusual actually that that or, or is it um, when when I had Jet, um, I was 25 and I'd kind of fucked up my life a bit. You know, hadn't gone to college, had all these dead end jobs, kept on changing my position all the time. And so when I had Jack and I held this little baby in my arms and looked down at it, I thought, shit, I am in trouble. Beings, I didn't know anything. I had nothing to say to this child who, by the way, was a complete stranger to me, didn't have that kind of like bond, like, look, I'm here, I'm part of you. So who the fuck is this? And I thought, how am I going to, to even help her with her homework? I've got to start sorting my life out. Yeah. My brain has gone to mush. And from that, my creativity came out then because when she was asleep, I used to find pen drawer. I mean, talk about besotted with a child. And I did that. As I would say, I was a total, absolutely absorbed parent for four years. And then I started tallying off a bit. But, you know... It kind of forced me to, to learn, which I never knew that would happen, but it kind of put me off the process that you were talking about, about how you meet somebody, you you know, you settle down and everything, because I didn't actually meet anybody as such. I had the child on my own, um, and, you know, it was a kind of bobbing every now and again from the father, who, who ended up deserting her completely when she was older, and um, her wanting a relationship with him. Um, but like I said, you know, I wasn't after going along the same route. I knew what I had to do and it encouraged me by having a child to move forward, to get better. I wanted her to be proud of me. I think, I mean, I think we both have very similar experiences there. Because I mean, I had Ollie at the same age you had Jet and then I had Oscar shortly afterwards. But I, I always felt like I'd done it wrong. The, mm. the guy that their father had already had two families before me so he he'd obviously <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> should have that tattooed on his head so the next one knows. But <laughs> I don't own condoms. That one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like no I mean, condoms for sale here. He he has two and buggers off. But like that that's that's his pattern. He's I mm. I was number three in that pattern. I don't know if he's done it again. So I mean, goodness knows how many siblings those two have got. But I always felt that after he left that I'd, I'd somehow messed up this train of things that I was supposed to do I was supposed mm. to, to get this right and even after I met little one's dad and it's sort of like but I mean he'd also been married before and it's like this kind of like well I suppose I got the first bit wrong so I may as well just carry on and, and I'll just and mm. I'm not really worth anything that's right so I'll, I'll just keep going and like clearly that didn't work either. <laughs> but... Isn't it? Isn't it funny how you immediately blame yourself? I mean, oh, yeah. I still do it now. You know, why do we do this? Um, how can we possibly blame ourselves when we gave so much? Because it's always put on us, isn't it? If we get mm. if we get pregnant at the age of sixteen, oh, you stupid girl. It's never, yeah. oh, well, what were the two of you doing? Because. I mean, I know, I like you know very well, babies don't just appear in wombs. They're kind of like... There's, there's oh, I, got, I think I got pregnant off the toilet seat. Did you? I, I, got, pre I got pregnant <laughs> off a warm chair. <laughs> Actually, it was sitting on a washing machine. Was it? That was very fun. I was sitting on the washing machine. It was probably a lot more fun. <laughs> Um, anyway, this 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 topic you you said you messaged me before is that this topic of um, gender bias and stuff like it's just it's, it's such a huge, huge subject, isn't it? it? And there's lots of little avenues it. in there. It would be really nice if um, we could get maybe members of the group to you know um, uh, you know as one of the challenges to to answer a question. Oh, yeah, you know. I think maybe maybe if we break it down a little bit and start thinking about it and actually kind of break it down into um, like sub topics rather yeah. than because it's such a big big I mean on on the sort of surface it looked like a really simple question do we have differences well the answer is yes yes we do men and women think differently we approach things differently we do things differently we we are just different and that's 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 nature but then we add the nurture side into that and we've got a whole nest of other things to be going in so i mean even if we just looked at the nature side of it it's a huge subject but when we're kind of looking at nature and nurture and comparing the two it's it's enormous and just there's so many avenues to to look into but, but not just not just that i mean not just the gender is it really um you were saying, because I was looking at the first question that Libby asked, which was, um, have you been creative your whole life and have your creative passions changed over the, over the years? And to look at that kind of genetic um, thing, you know, am I, am I creative because someone else in my family was creative? Now, that's possibly, is, that possibly is correct. Um, um, increased creativity and participants with duplicate DNA strands containing a gene that affects the processing of key neurotransmitters called serotonin. Um, you know, elevating serotonin levels in the brain increases connectivity in the posterior cingulate cortex, which is something to do with um, your creative gene. 
and um, which is just a, like a, a, a kind of lots of lots of wires and connections and everything going off in the brain. But um, to to think that when I look at my family who are not supportive in my creativity whatsoever, and if you put them all together, all my family, and look at them, they you know even even um, my my um, nieces and nephews, you know. There's, there's a bit of creativity there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there isn't any passion. There isn't any, you know. And but I, but I must have some genetic, um, don't know, some sort of what do you call it? Some sort of genetic thing um, that makes me creative. But like I say, I still don't. I'm still not happy with the word creative. What is creative? I was just thinking that as you were talking I mean what are we defining as creative I mean mm. my family's not artistic as as such I mean but my my sister can build your house yeah exactly so what what you know I think this female creative um you know it's it's we have to define what that is isn't it and it, and it is within the arts isn't it Creativity within the arts. We are within the arts, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the people that join us have to be in the arts. I, I, I yeah. think naturally. You see, because that would open it up, wouldn't it? If we could get people like business managers and things are, like that involved in female creative. I mean, it depends how deep you we know. dig down into this, but as humans, we are naturally creative. If we weren't, we wouldn't be living in houses and and have contained fire into a fireplace and. And we'd mm, still be out there yeah. living in caves and hunting mountain lions. So, as humans... It's like evolutionary creativeness, isn't well, it? Really, our style of creativity, yours and mine, painting pictures and making music, is the... Um, it's come from the fact that we live decadent lifestyles. If we were still living in caves and having to fight for our survival, we sure as damn it wouldn't be sitting here in a nice little room with guitars and cellos. Mm. That, that wouldn't happen. We might sing in the evenings or to the children or but it would be it, it wouldn't be something we did for fun it wouldn't be something we did to play with it, it would be something that was just part of but then, but then you would be making best of situation wouldn't you and that's where the creativity comes yes. into play so isn't it's, it but it's a completely <laughs> different side of creativity so our creativity the way that we're allowed to be creativity is born of the decadent lifestyle that we are able to live given the i mean one mm. the country we live in we're, we're highly privileged in the fact that we were born here and... thank you for listening we hope you enjoyed this and we look forward to seeing you in our future episodes mm.